Hi, I'm Dave Westberg, and you're listening to the Billboard Insider Podcast, where I interview industry leaders about trends impacting the U.S. out-of-home advertising business. This podcast is sponsored by Billboard Insider's Guide to Leases, Easements, and Real Estate. Today's guest is Joe Mancino. Joe is CEO of Green Sign Chicago. In February, Joe retired after serving almost 11 years as mayor of Hawthorne Woods, a suburb of Chicago. Joe is also a member of the Metropolitan Planning Council, a Chicago-based nonprofit focused on economic development, housing, and transportation. Welcome to the show, Joe. Well, Dave, thanks for having me. It's a pleasure to be with you. Joe, you have a fascinating story as to how you got in the out-of-home business. Why don't you tell us? Well, I think everybody has a fascinating story. I don't know how uh, fascinating mine is, but it, it is kind of unique. I was still a senior in college and had to go to night school in order to finish up my degree. And at the time, I got into sales. And it was not long after the Ma Bell breakup. Those of us in a certain age bracket can remember when there was a monopoly in the phone business and the telecommunications business. And I was selling business phone systems hmm. to businesses, which was a, a, new, a new channel for revenue. I sat in the office of the company I was working for at the time. And over a two-week period, I watched a billboard, a 14 by 48 billboard being constructed in the parking lot right in front of my window. Oh, yeah. my. <laughs> and I just kept thinking, what is that all about? Yeah. Who owns that? Yeah. What's going to happen to it? And once the logo went up, I saw that the logo was for 3M National Advertising. And a bell went off because I had been doing some prospecting. At the time, prospecting was very different than now. I used to read something called Dodge Construction Reports that, that made a list of, of new buildings that were being built. And I saw that 3M National Advertising was building a new office in Bolingbrook, Illinois. Hmm. And I thought, oh, my gosh. What a perfect story to call on them for. <laughs> yeah. So I called on them and sold them a phone system. Yeah. And six months into the sale, they asked me to join their company. Is that and right? That was 33 years ago this May. And I've wow. never looked back, Dave. Yeah. Yeah. So you go to 3M. How did you eventually, what led to Green Signs being founded? Well, that's an interesting story. The short story of the career is I worked for a big billboard company. I worked for a medium-sized billboard company. I worked for a local billboard company in Chicago where I really cut my teeth. Mm -hmm. And that company sold its assets. Mm -hmm. And I decided after a few years of consulting that I wrote this business plan for Green Signs. And sustainability has always been a personal passion of mine. Mm -hmm. I have been known to be somewhat of a tree hugger. I'm not militant about it, but I do love our Mother Earth. Yes. And I, des I decided to write this business plan back in about 2009 that included a sustainability factor as part of the, the company. Hmm. I wrote the plan. I started shopping for investors mm -hmm. back in 2010. And by 2012, I had found a terrific partner hmm. and formed the company and, and kicked it off here in Chicago. Wow. You also have been active in politics. You just completed, I think you're a, you, you had an 11-year term as mayor of Hawthorne Woods. That yeah. is a fascinating background for someone in the out-of-home business. What tips do you have for out-of-home companies on working well with City Hall? That is such a good question, Dave. That is such a good question. There are a lot of tips that seem really obvious and some that are not so obvious. And I'm going to start off with one that seems obvious, but many forget, 
when you're dealing with city hall and you're dealing with folks at the say counter level, mm-hmm. the first thing you need to remember is be nice, mm-hmm. <laughs> be nice. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of entitlement out there in our industry. I know it's gotten a lot better, but just because you have the right to get a permit doesn't mean they're going to make it easy on you. So be nice to these folks. They work very hard. Mm-hmm. Always be straight with these folks as well. It's the staff and the professionals at that counter level that are going to get you through a permitting process. It's not the fact that you know the mayor or that you know the council person or the councilman. In fact, that is the worst thing you can do. I would tell everybody who's working with municipalities, Mm -hmm. you never want to go in for a permit dropping names of the mayor or dropping names of other elected officials. That immediately will get you to the back of the line. And I can tell you that from experience. Wow. There is a definite line between staff, professionals, and elected. Mm -hmm. And you don't want to mix them. Mm -hmm. That is one thing I would say. Another very important thing that we could probably do an entire podcast on Mm -hmm. is nowadays municipalities look at billboard companies very different than they used to, say, 10, 15 years ago. We used to not be treated so well. Mm -hmm. Billboards were considered a form of pollution. Many folks just didn't like seeing signage going up. And it was reflected in how we were treated and accepted by municipalities. That way of thinking really changed over the years, and especially after the 2008-2009 real estate crash, Mm -hmm. which cost municipalities tons of revenue. So now they started to look at billboard companies as potential revenue, good Mm -hmm. revenue. They Mm -hmm. became good guys, and they started talking to us about signage. Mm. And many billboard companies missed that nuance, I believe. They, They really missed that nuance and didn't have the tool, so to speak, to work with municipalities. And what I mean by that is this. At Green Signs, we've had great success with a few local municipalities in doing billboards there Mm -hmm. that technically weren't legal when we first approached them. And we eventually either achieved a a special use permit or some kind of text amendment to allow the permit, the billboards. But we did it in a very different way than just going in for a billboard permit. We went in thinking like a developer does when they're dealing with municipalities. What can I do to help this municipality? Hmm. Hmm. And what I mean by that is when we approach a municipality, we get educated about who they are, what they are, what they do. We read their comprehensive plan, which every municipality by law has to have a fresh comprehensive plan every five years. And you learn about how they think in general as a municipality. And we approach them from a partnership and development perspective. Mm -hmm. And I'll give you an example. We had a location in Rolling Meadows, Illinois, that I had a lease on for 10 years. And it was not, I could not get a permit. It was not legal to get a permit. Hmm. And the municipality had created a sign zone district on the opposite side of the highway that did allow standard type billboards that we like to do. And I kept saying, hey, if you just expand that zone over about 300 feet to this side of the highway, I can do my sign. Isn't that great? Hmm. And they kept saying no for years. Hmm. Well, after some experience as a mayor, I went back 
with a development proposal. And I said, look, <laughs> Rolling Meadows, this property has massive problems. It is an old-fashioned office complex, single story. It has an occupancy of only 50%. The parking lot is demolished. It looks horrible. It's gravel. It's not even blacktop anymore. It has 150 dead trees on it that are that were killed by the emerald ash borer, which, which ravished the Midwest and killed all these trees. The roof needs to be done. The AC needs to be modernized. And we went in with the property owner to the municipality and said, look, if you can help us get a permit for this sign, the property owner has committed to take the first three years of revenue and pour them right into his property. He's going to redo his parking lot. Hmm. He's going to tear out all the dead trees and plant 100 new beautiful trees. He's going to be able to upgrade his roof and his AC so that he can start attracting businesses because he's only at 50% occupancy. The business park was failing. Mm -hmm. It took six months or so, but the municipality started to understand their approach. We also offered a donation, an impact fee, similar to how developers who build commercial buildings or large residential developments have impact fees. We as a company said, we know this sign will have an impact, so we will offer an impact fee as well. Well, once we approached it that way, it was a completely different story. We would go to City Hall and people knew us as developers. They knew we were trying to help the municipality. They actually held our hand through the process. When we went to their board meetings and made presentations, it was received much, much differently than a billboard permit vote, yes or no. And in the long run, we were successful. We were able to build the sign, a beautiful double-sided 14 by 48 digital billboard. We made the impact fee to the city. We paid three years up front of rent to the property owner who immediately took the money and did what he said he was going to do, put it into the property, replaced the trees, redid the parking lot, and the property looks beautiful. And guess what? Three years into it, his occupancy was already up to 75%. So it was a complete win all the way around because we didn't go in just saying we want a billboard permit. Mm -hmm. It's a classic example. You know, I, I'm, I'm paraphrasing Adam Smith. He says people tend not to respond when you appeal to their charitable interests. They respond when you appeal to their interests. And by changing that dynamic from give me this permit that I can benefit from to this is what this development can do for you, city, trees, tenants, upgrades of a shopping mall, you've, you've just completely changed the dynamic, haven't you, Joe? Absolutely. Absolutely. To them, the sign becomes secondary, where initially they're looking at it saying, ah, we don't want another sign. We don't want another sign. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. When you change that dynamic and that approach and, and show true value for everybody involved, it's a win. It's a win all the time. And we've duplicated that across the Chicago region. If you develop out-of-home advertising sites, you need Billboard Insider's Guide to Leases, Easements, and Real Estate. Out-of-home attorney Jennifer Sloan says, I wish I had that book when I started in this industry. It would have saved me a lot of headaches. Yes, Go Outdoors, Pat O'Donnell calls it a must-read for anybody doing development. You can buy your copy of Billboard Insider's Guide to Leases, Easements, and Real Estate at BillboardInsider.com. Joe, being a green company, being a sustainable company is important Talk about what it means and, and how you have taken that philosophy into your company. 
Well, that's a good question. Again, you know, sustainability and environmentalism is something that is a personal passion of mine. And when I wrote the business plan for Green Signs, I wanted to layer in that into all operational aspects of the company. I even named it <laughs> Green Signs. Brilliant, um, brilliant, mar- brilliant marketing, by the way. It's a clever, <laughs> easy to understand name. It stands out. You know, one of my things is when you call yourself Highway Displays or Outdoor Advertising, that's your company's name. It gets lost in the mix. Green Signs is unique. It stands out. Clever branding, clever color. It's just brilliant, Joe. Well, I really appreciate that. We, we get great, great feedback from our customer base. On, on it. And we get a lot of questions as to what makes us green. Yes. And you, there are a few things that are obvious to point out. The reality is, though, it's our own modus operandum inside that mm-hmm. makes us green. How we think when mm. we're actually doing business is what makes us green. Mm-hmm. But I'll give you some examples of some of the wins that we do have. And we, we do it to try and not only for the obvious benefits to our earth, but also to potentially influence our peers and our customers. They do ask us questions mm-hmm. and we tell them what we do. And we, over the years, we've had customers say, Hey, Joe, that's a good idea. I think we're going to start doing that. Wow. And some of the things that we do, for instance, when we built many new signs in Chicago, we've grown organically, which is a challenge to begin with. Mm-hmm. But whenever we spec out a new billboard, we always spec it out with sustainability in mind. Hmm. All of our steel is 100% recycled. Can you, can you do that? Can you, can you say to your fabricator, I want recycled steel? Yes. Wow. 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 Sometimes it has taken some calisthenics to get it sourced. Yes. Because the different times of the year, you might be able to access the recycled steel at certain times of the year. You can't. Sometimes it's partially recycled. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's fully recycled, but you absolutely can spec it out hmm. and have it recycled. And, and we have. We also do the same thing for the digital faces. Now, that hmm. becomes an even greater challenge where you have to get deeper into the layers of where they come from. And what I mean by that is in a manufacturing process, there's several steps. Somebody may make the frame for the LEDs. Then mm-hmm. ship them to another company altogether, and they're the ones installing the actual LED lamps. And then somebody else takes that product and finishes the back of it. And mm-hmm. we've been able to go layer by layer to where we can spec the mm-hmm. actual plastic panels before they get the LEDs in them. We spec them to be 100% recycled resin. Wow. So, so when we're building and erecting new signs, we're looking for those types of materials. When we actually start operating the signs, we take the sustainability factor even further. For instance, all of our signs, whether they're static or LED mm-hmm. or, or digital, are operated on wind and solar energy, 100%. Hmm. If it's static, we have LED lights on there, and the power's coming from wind and solar. If it's a digital, the entire sign is being operated on wind and solar. And you know, with the status, I, I find it hard. I know many of our competitors that caught on. I'm waiting for the big guys to caught on to catch mm-hmm. on that are still illuminating it with old-fashioned metal halide lamps. These are horrible for our, our environment. They yes. are not. First of all, they're 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 horrible for our environment. They draw mm-hmm. so much power. 
I think it's 3X or 4X more, Joe. I've retrofitted out some of my signs, and I think my bill dropped by three quarters uh, by using the high-efficiency lights. Yeah, it's a no-brainer. Yeah, no-brainer. Even when, when, when you go to dispose these lights, disposing mm. of an LED lamp is so much easier and so much friendlier to the earth than disposing mm. some of these old metal halified lamps oh, that, that I know. have mercury in them and, yeah. and chemicals. And so, so that's kind of what I mean by when we do these practices, they have a rippling effect. Mm-hmm. And sometimes we've actually had customers, local customers that ask about our, our sustainable initiatives. Hmm. And, we, and, they, and they come back a year later and say, you know what, Joe, we put LEDs up in our parking lot. <laughs> and my wow. bill went down by 70%. And, wow. you know, that's, that's what we like to hear. We like to maybe make an influence. Yeah. Because every little bit that we can do helps. So some of the other things we do from a sustainability factor are obvious, and many of our competitors do. We always spec EcoFlex, which has mm-hmm. kind of become a generic name. Mm-hmm. It's thinner. There's no PVC in there, which is the chemical that, that you find in vinyl, the chemical compounds that they're really, really nasty. They cause mm-hmm. a lot of problems mm-hmm. in our environment. They end up basically in our water system, mm-hmm. in our streams. And you start getting frogs with three eyes and you wonder mm-hmm. why. Mm-hmm. So we spec out EcoFlex whenever we can, mm-hmm. which is probably 90% of the time. Some of the large walls that we do, we obviously have not been able to spec that flex. Yes. Could we talk a little about EcoFlex? I think I've had some experience with it, and it's, it's a little more finicky than the heavy vinyl. Are there any disadvantages of EcoFlex in terms of install, in terms of how it lasts, in terms of tearing in the wind? Well, the disadvantages are pretty much what you just mentioned. Yes. It does not last as long. If you have an annual contract with somebody, EcoFlex is not going to be the product for you unless mm-hmm. they plan on changing them every you know, 90, 120 days. We have found the sweet spot with EcoFlex to be about 90 days, 120 mm-hmm. days mm-hmm. out on the street. Mm-hmm. And, and we're guaranteed that the wind isn't going to tear it. It's not going to start disintegrating. And, and it's actually a good thing because, as you know, over the years, you've been around as long as I have, the contract terms have shortened. Yes. When I first got into the business, it was all 36 months. Mm-hmm. It was 12 months. And, mm-hmm. and since that time, I think the average contract term in Chicago now is somewhere just under three months, you know, three wow. terms, which lends itself to using more EcoFlex. And mm-hmm. in talking to my printing reps, they see that the use has gone up every mm-hmm. year. They, they mm-hmm. see an increase in the use. The regular vinyl, you can recycle. You can give to someone like Rareform to repurpose into wallets or bags or surf totes. What do you do with the EcoFlex when you're done with it? It goes through a recycling process. We're able mm-hmm. to, to, to hand it over in Illinois here. We're able to give it mm-hmm. to the actual recycling contractors. Our mm-hmm subcontractor that hangs our vinyl for us. We set up a program to make sure that everything we do is handled with recycling in mind. And what I mean by that is if it's standard vinyl, it's mm-hmm. they're, they're getting rid of it through a channel where it's being reused in the mm-hmm. different ways that you mentioned. And even that is growing. Some of that mm-hmm. stuff is being used now to create temporary shelters for storm victims and victims mm-hmm. of disasters. If it's EcoFlex, it's being given to the local recycling company, whoever Mm. that might be. Mm -hmm. Here it's waste management. And they're able to take that stuff just like 
residential recycling. It falls under the same categories. So we're confident that what we do is always going in the best recycling channel it possibly can when we're done with it. Terrific. Joe, you've also talked about going paperless as the part of being green. Talk about how, how your company goes paperless. Well, that's another good question. It's something we started a year into the business. It took about a year to really get our arms around how we went paperless. And we decided that on our real estate side, while we can eliminate probably 80% of the paper that we do, because of statutorial requirements, it's really not feasible to go 100% paperless yet, but we're almost there. Hmm. On the Hmm. sales side, going back to when we first started, almost eight years, we're almost eight years old now, a year into it, we were able to go 100% paperless. And now that's become very simple for us. Our salespeople are on the road or they're sitting in front of customers and they're always using either their company-issued laptop or their company-issued iPad. Most of them are using the iPad now because it's just so much easier. And we have an operating platform from Broadsign. It used to be IUDA, but you know, Hmm. Broadsign bought IUDA. Mm -hmm. And it runs the business from front end to back end. It does everything for us. It even sends out rent checks to our landlords. Wow. And our salespeople are able to use that platform, sit in front of a customer, do their presentation, show them our stuff, so to speak. Mm -hmm. And if they walk out of there without an order, they leave behind a recycled USB drive with Mm -hmm. everything that they just presented to the client. So no paper has exchanged. Our salesperson has not prepped something on paper to show them. Mm -hmm. He he or she hasn't left anything behind. We've left a digital file behind for them to look at. Should the customer want to go to contract through our broadside system, we're able to immediately go right right to a contract, show it on the iPad, and the customer is able to sign it right there on the spot with their finger. Wow. It's been put to me that e-sign is... It's a huge efficiency upgrade because instead of where's the contract, sending, waiting, mailing, faxing, it's done. You just get it done it's right done. away. And so it squeezes a little bit of delay out of the system. It really does. It's immediate. It shortens the, the entire cycle. And there are so many obvious benefits. You know, you're, you're not use, using paper. So there's a sustainability factor. Let me give you some of the other benefits. Please, yeah. desk is clean. Hmm. <laughs> Mm-hmm. You, you ever see people's desks? You know, I know there's <laughs> certain people that are clean, certain people yeah. that are slobs, and, yeah. and their desk is piled up. And yeah. mine used to be like that. I was a slob. It used to be yeah. piled up. Yeah. It's not any longer. I don't deal with paper. I don't huh. have to deal with paper. So uh-huh. you're so much more organized. Huh. The data is at your fingertips all the time. You never have to go to a file to look at the contract. Mm-hmm. Also, guess what? Paper makes dust. Lots mm. of dust. Hmm. You can't believe how clean people's desks stay when you don't have paper and and, wow. and, and dust fibers all the time. So there there are other benefits to it. The cost, we don't buy paper. We buy mm-hmm. so little paper. We always have office supply reps calling us, and we kind of shrug because mm-hmm. our real estate department uses papers just through statutorial practices. But other than that, I think we buy a box of paper a year, if that, one box. Wow. I I would think being also paperless makes it so much easier in a COVID time, for instance, to operate decentralized or without going in the office. It certainly does. It certainly does. In fact, 
COVID things kind of made me rethink how we're set up because we do have an office mm-hmm. and we've been op- all operating remotely now for two months, roughly. And we really haven't missed a beat as far as operations goes. Uh, wow. There's the obvious problems that we're all facing, mm-hmm. but through the shared platform that, that we use through Broadsign and much of it, by the way, has been customized hmm. for us. Hmm. Early on, we were early adapters of this type of operation. When we started the business back in 2012, we were the beta testers for IUDA to take Hmm. their platform for digital billboard operations and actually put it to use. So we customized a lot of it, and that customization has lasted now, even though IUDA was bought out by Broadside. So we are very fortunate in, in that respect that we were set up for COVID without even knowing that we were set up for COVID. Wow. Joe, what's your take? So you got a bunch of automated sales platforms, ViStar, HiveStack, AdQuickAdomni, I'm leaving out some. What's your take on the automated sales platforms and how they can contribute to an independent out-of-home company? That is such a good question. I have this conversation at least weekly. Hmm. And I have some ideas about them. First of all, I think that it is the future. That if you're an out-of-home company now that hasn't embraced these platforms, Mm -hmm. you need to start embracing them now Hmm. because I believe they're going to become more and more prevalent in how we do our business. Mm -hmm. I think that before it really takes off, I think we need to find some kind of standardization in these platforms, both on the vendor side and on the buyer side, and I guess on the platform side. You've, mm-hmm. you've got so many different platforms kind of using different methodologies and different techniques in order for, you know, this buyer who has this fistful of money to trade it for some out of home, that stuff that happens between that buyer and that vendor needs to be standardized, in my opinion, further mm-hmm. before there can be a wide acceptance of it. Mm-hmm. And I also think that the out of home companies especially the ones who are operating mostly static, traditional, they, they have not yet come up to speed to a point, many of them have not come up to speed to a point where they can incorporate some of these platforms. And they need mm-hmm. to start examining their own operations internally and how they can modernize them internally before they can modernize them externally. Mm-hmm. I also think that there is tremendous opportunity in these platforms. I think it opens us up as an industry to money that we've never seen before. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of young buyers sitting at a computer right now in a t-shirt and shorts that just mm-hmm. sit there typing away on their, on their keyboard doing programmatic buying for online advertising. Mm-hmm. Well, as we can show them that they can buy us the same way that they can buy that stuff, we are going to start seeing money that we have never seen before. And specifically what I mean by that is money that wasn't earmarked for out of home. I think we're going to start being able to tap into that. I know many have. We're going to Mm -hmm. be able to start tapping into that more and more as these platforms standardize. Mm -hmm. Why don't we end the interview, Joe, talk a little bit about what it means to be a good corporate citizen as an out-of-home company. You've talked about green initiatives, but what else is important in being a good corporate citizen? That's a good question. At Green Science, we think there are five tenets to good corporate citizenship. One is our own philosophic efforts. Two is environmental conservation. Three is our own company diversity and labor practices. Four is our support for personal volunteerism for our employees. 
And five is corporate responsibility, economic responsibility. And what I mean by that, and I know we're growing short on time, but being a good corporate citizen is important to me. It's really personal to me. I think the important, the most important office we can hold as individuals is that of a citizen. And mm-hmm. I think the same way for corporations. Mm-hmm. Personally, as for philanthropic efforts, every year we select three non-for-profits to partner with. For instance, this year it's with the National Ovarian Cancer Coalition, the American Diabetes Association, and a local group called the Active Transportation Alliance that encourages walking, bicycle riding, public Hmm. transportation, things that are environmentally responsible. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So every year we select three non-for-profits to support. What does that mean? What does that mean? Does that mean you help them with the billboard advertising or that you give them financial support? What what does that mean? Both. Mm -hmm. Mostly we help them with billboard advertising. Good for you. we, we, We donate quite a bit, usually in the neighborhood of half a million dollars worth of outdoor advertising wow. um, to the three that have been selected. And we select them as a group amongst mm-hmm. the company. Every, everybody kind of puts their names in and then we discuss it and select three. Mm-hmm. We do give some cash support as needed or as required. Many of the organizations have events that we not only sponsor and support with billboards, but we mm-hmm. actually go and purchase tickets and purchase prizes and do things like that financially. Then the other tenant, environmental conservation, mm-hmm. I think we talk quite a bit about that. What yes. we do. And then employees. I, I'm hearing employees. You're encouraging personal responsibility in terms of personal volunteerism. So you, you're like touching all the bases. The company is doing this. The company is using its billboards and its funds to do this. The company's operating in a way that's sustainable, and the company's encouraging employees to be good citizens. It's just touching all the bases, Joe. It's absolutely touching all the bases, and that's part of what it means to be a good corporate citizen, is to make sure you're touching all the bases. Yes. And it's had tremendous effects for us. We've had employees come that kind of looked funny and said, you mean <laughs> I have to volunteer for something as part of working for Green Sign? Yeah, yeah. And then six, eight, ten months later, they are so passionate about what yeah. it was they selected to volunteer. My, my assistant volunteers through Catholic Charities, and she found elderly who need help. Hmm. They need help hmm. shopping. They need help with paying their bills. I mean, just assembling them and putting them together, not financially. Mm-hmm. They need help with everyday tasks. And she has found somebody that now it's become a personal passion of her. She helps her two or three times a week to hmm. become part of this elderly person's family, literally, and mm-hmm. it's helped fulfill her. Mm-hmm. And she comes back to me and says, this was an amazing thing. I never thought that it would turn into this. So it not only helps the company, but it's an enrichment process mm-hmm. for our own employees. And we not only encourage it, but it's mandatory. You need to spend mm-hmm. 40 hours a year volunteering on something mm-hmm. that you select and we approve. And we've mm-hmm. never not approved something. Every employee has brought us something, and we said, "Great, go do it." Joe, I, I, I have to add, I have to end the interview. It's just this is just too delicious. Are you really a licensed amateur boxer? <laughs> I am a licensed amateur boxer. <laughs> I am. I've been doing it about five years. In fact, I qualified for the Golden Gloves tournament this year. Oh my goodness! Which was 
supposed to happen on April yeah. 2nd, and obviously yeah. it was shut down. Yeah. But I do it. I still do it regularly. <laughs> Even in this shutdown, I, I practice at home on my yeah. own. <laughs> Good for you. That's all for this week. Thanks for appearing on the show, Joe. Thanks so much, Dave. Good talking to you. This podcast was edited by Lucas Jones and sponsored by Billboard Insider's Guide to Leases, Easements, and Real Estate. You can listen to episodes of the Billboard Insider Podcast by visiting BillboardInsider.com or by subscribing to the Billboard Insider Podcast on iTunes or any of the usual podcast outlets. Our email is BillboardInsider at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Thanks for listening. I'll be back in a couple weeks.